You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. You can download the Spotify Green Room app and one of our locked and find one of our Locked On rooms. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Not of the Scribe. Kind of lied about the daily part because we took a break the last uh, the last couple of days of last week. Thursday, the schedules just didn't line up. And then Friday, I was gone flying to Indiana to spend the weekend with my family I hadn't seen in a very long time. It's the first time I've been on a plane since the pandemic. Usually I'm going like a few times a year. And it was the first time I'd been on a plane since then. So finally with COVID starting to get somewhat normal, whatever, um, if you're vaccinated, whatever, I decided to take that risk being vaccinated and go spend some time with uh, my family up in Naptown. Now I'm back and I know not you took a little bit of a break as well. So now we're going to try to get this thing back mm-hmm. daily until we have a new schedule for the off season. Either way, we're still putting out a lot of content. Yes, exactly. Well, we are giving tons of content despite the fact that we're missing two days. Look, guys, it's the summer. We've It's been kind of crazy. The news cycle has been crazy. The Hornets news cycle has been kind of crazy. It's all been kind of crazy. Our schedules have been entirely very, very nuts. But we are like the parents that, again, we may not always be there for your games, but we're there to pick you up right after. So you know what? We are right back, right here and we are we are reliable. We are we are very reliable, and this is something that unreliable people don't necessarily say about themselves that we are reliable. And I may be lying about that. Who knows? But most importantly, we are back, and more importantly, we have some news that we are a part of Walker because apparently those rankings that James Plowright had us do have hit. And granted, um, we are not some of the biggest like Hornets fans, biggest fan like they may not like us very. much. I don't know right where now. you get that. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if this is just you kind of looking at your rankings compared to everybody else's. I don't think I got any backlash towards it more so, but, uh, I think some people were surprised to see the overall top prospect that was, um, that was at the top when we all put our rankings together. And we'll get to that in just a moment because we're not doing the player evaluations today, right? We've got LaMelo ball coming up next, but yeah. we're going to take a break of, uh, from that to talk about all of these rankings. And as you mentioned, Nada, it was James Plowright who DM'd us and a couple of other people that cover the Charlotte Hornets to rank the top 13 prospects outside of the obvious top five and Scotty Barnes, which by the way, I thought that was a good call on his part. I think Scotty would be clearly the number one overall prospect um, by everybody's accounts. And so I think it was smart to just have those six players, not necessarily in this ranking system. After that, it was about 13 guys that are, that are going to be in consideration for the 11th overall pick made by the Charlotte Hornets. And so he put all of these rankings together to figure out who is at the top of that list and who is at the bottom, just generally who we all favor. That's James Plowright of at the hive. So really cool idea um, that he went with here. And so we'll just break this down kind of for the show, maybe get into some finals mm-hmm. coverage and some other things in the third segment. But let's go to the number one player that we have ranked overall first and then figure out how we want to break this yes. down after that. Not I had 
Zaire Williams, number one. He's he uh, to no one's he's surprise. The no he's one's the guy surprise. that I'm zeroing in on. I well, you you have your love for your number one guy as well, just like I do with yes. my Zaire love. Your number one overall prospect was James Booknight. Now the next highest grade mm-hmm. for each of them, right? We'll start with Zaire. So I had him number one overall. Chase Whitney who has appeared on the show a couple of times. Shout out to Chase Whitney. He was a part of this exercise, and he at, he also had Zaire Williams, number one overall. He was the only other person to do that. The next highest ranking for him was four. That was Dylan Jackson. Shout out to Dylan. Shout out to everybody who covers the Charlotte Hornets. But he had him four. Exactly. Uh, Hornets Film Room had him five. These are all Twitter handles, by the way. Jane one also had Zaire Williams, number five. Richie Randall of the BuzzBeat podcast, I believe, uh, uh, had him five also, if I'm not mistaken, some of these grids are hard to figure out, but yeah, there you go. He does have him five also. So, um, yeah, th- those were the highest people every there. There was a couple of double digit rankings, uh, um, for Zaire. So a little polarizing, but that's actually not all that different from other prospects such as James book night. Not a, you had him number one overall. Nobody else had him yes. within the top two, but Richie Randall agreed with you here that he had him um, number three overall. Uh, Barisi Filippo four, uh, is his Twitter handle. He had him number four, a uh, Hornets film room had him four as well. And then Dylan Jackson had James book night at number five. Everybody else had him closer to the double digit parts of their ranking. So Nada, you go first. Why is James book night? Number one on your list. No, James book night for me was number one on the list because I think of everybody, he provides a bigger punch for everything that you need for the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets are potentially losing a Malik Monk. They're losing, they potentially may lose a Devontae Graham. They may lose a Terry Rozier in the next year. Two guard as a whole, whether people want to under whether people want to understand that or not, I feel like Book Knight fills that two guard hole. And before before the rankings, I would understand if People didn't want him because he was undersized and he was he was an undersized volume shooter, similar to a guy like Malik Monk. The difference is, I think Book Knight, after the measurements, coming out nearly six again six five in shoes, six eight six nine wingspan, and it, it, I think that solidified a lot of stuff. And plus, you're seeing a lot of the draft hype, and I'm not sure if that's agents talking this up or whatever else, like. I really do believe that Book Knight, for what he gives the horn, potentially could give the Hornets, provides a scoring punch that I don't think anybody else in this, in the in the range can bring, and I think that matters a lot when we have these discussions. So if we're going to talk about necessarily having a guy that, like, literally, can fill the buckets and eliminate as much of the non-Cody Martin, non-Caleb Martin minutes as possible then you got to go with a James Booknight. Yeah, so I like James Booknight fine. I had him rank number seven on uh, on my list, so I wouldn't hate the pick if that's the decision they would go with, but obviously there are some guys that might be available that I would have ahead of Booknight. I think the shooting 
during competition has not been good. The combine shooting shooting where there's nobody guarding him. That was pretty good. And I know that was something I think Mike Schmitz tweeted about when he was at the combine, he was making a lot of shots, which is excellent to see, right? Of course you want to see him hit shots, but I don't know how much that can actually translate if his shooting percentage from outside was not good when being contested. He is good at attacking the rim. He is an excellent athlete, which certainly helps you like James Booknight if you're a fan or if you're even relatively high on him whatsoever. Um, I also think defensively he's shown some flashes to where that's something that can come out of him translating to the NBA from UConn. I wonder how much he's a guy that is going to facilitate at all because it, it seems like he's kind of a, I don't it, tunnel vision kind of does seem to apply here to a certain degree. You know, I, I think this is someone offensively that is just more so attack and then put that ball up in the air and try to make some things happen where I don't think he's facilitating at a crazy high level. I think his handle is, is fine enough, um, but that's why I have him down. I do think that there is some uh, some nice potential with book night, but that's why I have him number seven. If I go to Zaire Williams, I go with him. I mentioned him a lot, so I'll try to keep this brief, but I've got him as the number one archetype of player that you want in the NBA, being a bigger three, having a long wingspan, uh, being somebody that can move at six, eight, that six, nine type of feel. Uh, his handle is, is not the best. I think, I, I think people are lower on his handle than I am. I actually think he's got um, some ability to work with there. I, the number one thing about him is just his strength, but I never care about that as much, right? Like I just think the NBA does uh, NBA just does such a great job of putting strength and muscle on guys and, uh, and, and, and it's affected him shooting at the rim. And, and that's, that's a big deal. I get that. I just think if you put some weight on him, I like I, I like his ability to get to the rim fine enough. You know, I, I think he is actually a pretty good passer. I've talked about his uh, his ability to find guys cutting. I, I think he is a really good passer out of the pick and roll. So having that kind of savvy in the PNR game that is tantalizing. Also, um, I, de- defensively, I, I just don't think you can have enough of the big wings types of players. You know, it, it, give me all the six, eight guys with a seven foot wingspan that can move on the perimeter. Give me all of them. You know, I'll, I'll take every single one of them. I don't care how redundant you think they might be. I also think there's just such a high ceiling with them. That's why I have a number one. And I'll say this, Nada, after you, I feel like you were somewhat on my playing field with Zaire Williams, but not mm-hmm. ever number one. Granted, you had him ranked number 11. What well, what well, the hell well, happened? Well, what happened to Zaire and why did he fall to number 11 on your ranking? Hold on. Here's the thing. When did we record that episode? And then when did I, we do those rankings? Because I feel like I absolutely feel like we did like the rank. I think I did the rankings like right before I came around on. Zaire. No, 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 no. no. You sure are I mistaken. Did. No, I'm pretty no, sure. No, Zaire Williams was before we had a Zaire Williams breakdown before we actually did put these rankings out there. At least now, I don't know how soon you did them. So maybe, but at least when we talked about it, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm but, pretty sure I did it before. Like, so, so what's not changed hold It's like I told, but here's the thing. I'm going to say the same thing I told you on Wednesday which was essentially, or whenever we did the Zaire discussion, like, at this point, I don't, like, most likely the guy, unless it's a book night, or maybe even a Corey Kispert, most likely the guy that they're drafting at 11 is headed for some significant time in Greensboro if the idea 
is that we are going to, again, especially if they're going to try and compete, if the idea is competition, I'm not sure whoever you draft is helping you in the immediate term. He's more likely going to be one of those guys that help you in the second half of the season after he's caught up to the NBA game, which means there's going to be a lot, and I stress this, a lot of catch-up when it comes to the NBA game, and therefore, whomever they select, including Isaiah Williams, if you're telling me that there's going to be, this is going to be an upside pick, and that's where you, that's the way it, it's sounding like to me with Zaire, then yeah. whomever you're drafting, whether it's Kai Jones or Zaire Williams, if the goal is to maximize the LaMelo ball window and you feel like you can do that with a guy that can contribute, not necessarily in the first half of, the, of this season, but the next half, in the, in the back half and in year two of their whatever their rookie window is, then... Zaire Williams, Kai Jones make more sense then. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about more of the prospects that we rated in the next segment. But first, let's talk about Built Bar because available this week, only through July 6th, right now through the 9th. So you have to get in your orders fast. You can get the new Built Bar flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. That's right. They're bringing it back out again. So maybe you've tasted it before. I know I have. I've talked a lot about it. Grasshopper Cookie is available this week. And it tastes like kind of the version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie all of the flavor without that sugar though 150 calories 17 grams of protein only five grams of sugar for something that tastes like a tasty sweet dessert did you know that bill bar also has so many other delicious flavors coconut cherry bar sia strawberry salted caramel so many other staples of the built bar flavor palette there's so many good ones go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off of your order use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com. We'll take a quick break. We have a couple more segments to go to talk more rankings coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I said, oh, oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me, you're going to be singing the chorus to Billie Jean if you ain't careful. <laughs> and again, I point to the lie. Yes, I you're well, yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being exactly. had out there. Goodness gracious, exactly. unexpected ones. Point ones to that the were- lie. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball scenes, uh, baseball seasons in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All right, let's try to run through some of the other top five guys, maybe some players that were higher on than other players that might be available at number eleven. So I'll go through my rankings first. I have Zaire Williams number one as we just discussed and number two and number three were kind of hard for me but I chose upside over a player I think is going to be a nice role player that can do the three and D thing in the NBA I went Keon Johnson number two I went Moses Moody number three number four I went Usman Garuba and number five, let me try to find number five's ranking. I went Franz Wagner, who actually was the number one consensus player for when you combine and average yes. everybody's rankings. Wagner is the guy. And I think I think a lot of people kind of had him in that three to five to maybe six range. It was just he's not a guy that really anybody has number one overall, but 
he just doesn't have a lot of mistakes, a part of his game or flaws. And so most people just had him in the top five because there's just not a ton of flaws to point to Jack Simone NBA on Twitter. He had him ranked number one Hornets film room had Wagner ranked number two. Dylan Jackson had him ranked number three. And then there's a couple of five, six, the furthest he furthest he went down was seven. And that's by Baresi Filippo four. And so that's it, right? Like he just didn't have a lot yeah. of problems, a part of his game as much. I think that's why people are higher on him than uh, other players, yeah. but going to Keon Johnson real quick, uh, real quickly, not a, you know, watching more of Keon, the shooting is a problem. If you get to the negatives, the, sh- the shooting is a, a real big problem. There's no doubt about that. I don't think the mechanics are an absolute God awful mess. I don't think they're great. He shoots some okay. fireballs at the rim and he's get more arc on it. Um, but I don't think they're a God awful mess. I, I think they are salvageable in the best case scenario. I think you see him in the mid range. He pulls up higher than everybody else when he goes into the free throw line because he's the best athlete in this class. We know that by the vertical that he put out there at the combine 48 inch vertical stay, uh, just that that was probably a reach. There was some rumors about him sandbagging the standing reach. And so that allowed him to have a higher vertical. Still, he shattered the record by like three and a half inches when he posted a 48. So either way, even if he sandbagged the reach, it's still someone that is the best athlete in this draft class. But I think the mid range game is real. I think he, his ability to finish at that kind of level is good. I think that even if the percentages were average of him finishing at the rim, I think his athleticism gives him a much higher ceiling in that regard. You know, Tennessee is so bogged down anyway. Uh, I think better angles will help him out. Like just, just being smarter, you know, just, just attacking a little harder. I think he's going to be a lot better player finishing at the rim transition. I mean, he's a godsend, right? Like the numbers might not have uh, bared that out at Tennessee, but the number, I, I think he still could be a fantastic transition player him playing alongside LaMelo. That's extremely fun to think about. And I think defensively he's high motor. I I think he has obviously the athleticism to stay in front of his guys and contest shots when trying to go down at the rim. So that's the dog shaking. If you can hear that in the background, but I I just think Keon Johnson is a guy I'm going for a high upside pick there. I get why you would go for a high upside pick there. I I really do. The, The only thing is, I just don't want another prospect that this, the Hornets are going to have to teach how to shoot. Like, how many of these guys do you want? Well, I mean, not a book night shot. Not much better from the percentage-wise than Keon Johnson. Like, you know, if book night is your guy, and I hear you on that, I think his shooting, is it's better than Keon's, right? I don't think it's, more, I don't think it's, yeah. it's on that level. But you have to be going all in based on your ability to think that you can fix book night shot enough because if you're going by the percentage, it wasn't very good. No, but going by the percentage, yes, but I would also go with context. Like, Booknight didn't have much in terms of NBA quality on, ter- on his team. We can't say that about Keon Johnson. I like him. He had Springer. He had a whole bunch of – there was some at least fringe NBA talent on that roster in, in Tennessee. That kind of matters. Like, you're doing this despite all of this. Like, athletic guy that can shoot – I like how many of these guys are the, are, are the horns going to take? Like, say what you want about Book Knight. Book Knight has at least a little bit of skill. We're talking about, and, and, and granted, this goes into my th- again, and you could bring up, you just said in the previous segment, and you said before, 
if the guy is not going to be expected to contribute this this year, or at least the first half of the year, then Keon Johnson fits that profile, and I can't argue. My whole thing about Keon Johnson is, whereas I wouldn't expect Zaire Williams to basically contribute for an entire, maybe a half a year, maybe three quarters of the year, I'm not expecting Keon Johnson to contribute until at least his second year. Like, he's a project project, and granted, they're all projects because no one is coming into this draft as a finished product. But that's a project project. Like, you're going to have to fix a lot with him. And that's before we go into shot selection, everything else with him. I get the love. I understand it. I just think that's a lot of teaching and a lot of fixing if we're going to talk about a guy that's going that may or may not be ready by year. All right, Al, you had him number seven on your rankings. Your number two player was Al Perrin Sangoon. Why Sangoon number two? Sangoon number two is because I do really believe that one he's six ten. The other reason I think that is because if we're going to talk about the best center prospects, we're going to talk about someone that can fill the bucket, someone that will provide you something a little bit different than what the Hornets currently have at center on top of probably adding at least one or two more centers in this in free agency. It makes too much sense not to add him. He's the number two guy, basically because if we're going to talk about polished players that can potentially – Again, add some sort of impact to this year. He's the number two guy. Not I just I think you're way too focused on somebody helping this year. You know, I, I just think if if you are trying to go for somebody that can come in and help right away with the ceiling being capped to a certain degree, we have a lot of years left for control on Lamelo Ball's contract. Now, I understand it's a new NBA age where Zion and Luka Doncic are out here angry and they can demand some things to move out of the organization, and that's noted. But if you get someone that is a nice role player that can contribute year one compared to somebody that has a higher ceiling that might contribute at a higher level year two or year three, I don't think that nice role player is changing the mind of a Zion or a Luka or a Lamelo in this case. I think the guy that blossoms into a stud by year two or three, that's the thing that saves the opinion of your superstar that you drafted. And so for me, I don't necessarily care all that much about somebody contributing right away, especially with them going after a couple of players in free agency. Uh, see, I just wonder the max ability of what they're able to get right now. Because again, granted, they had a great year last year. And yes, this franchise is changing minds. Most likely, the biggest impact guys you're going to get are through the draft. And especially in a year where you're talking about they have at least two or three decisions to make. I completely under like if you're telling if someone told me they're drafting Keon Johnson because that they plan for him to be the the two guard of the future and they're not going to they're not going to extend Terry, they're not keeping Malik Monk. Whoever they draft here is is slotted to be the two guard of the future. Okay, I can get it. I I, I just for me, I am one of those that believes that this team kind of needs to start making some progress and saying, hey, telling LaMelo early, hey, you can win and win a lot here. And I think the best way to do that is with some established guys. And for the record, I'm not necessarily so married to the youth and athleticism is going to be a star like I used to, especially 
since I'm not, like I said, I'm not sure that timeline fits. Like, if you're telling me Keon Johnson's going to be a star, is going to be MIP caliber in year two, then yo, cool, let's do it. But for right now, I, I, I like, I like it, but the, I feel like that's a lot to correct. I feel like, especially with a lot of these guys, there are some flaws that that are a lot to correct in year one and year two. And granted, it, does that mean maybe they explode in year three under the right tutelage? Maybe. But I'm not sure you have that kind of luxury. You, I don't think you have that luxury of time. All right, we'll hit on the first finals game coming up tonight on the other side. Plus, try to hit on the other highlights of the rankings, the more notable things that uh, we saw from James Plowright making this project, putting all of the Hornets' minds together, and seeing who we have on our hierarchy of people that we want to see the Hornets select. That's coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I don't like doing that unless. Like, I am totally annoyed. I don't drop the big joker in spades or that early. I don't drop the big joker. I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. I the last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Tonight at 9 p.m., it's the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Phoenix Suns, and the Suns will be hosting game one. They have home court advantage in this series. We don't know about Giannis's status for game one. I think it's doubtful right now. We don't know if he's going to play or not. So we'll see. He missed a couple of games in the Eastern Conference Finals, but the Phoenix Suns, they've got everybody good to go, and they're a six-point favorite last time I checked um, because of Giannis's injury. Uh, Nada, what do you think about this finals matchup as well as just game one tonight? I wanted to go somewhere other than Suns and six, but the more I think about it, I don't think Giannis plays game one. I think he comes back by game two. I'm not sure. Like, the thing that surprised me the most was that this team, that Bud showed the ability to adapt without Giannis. I, there, there's a part of me that just wonders how much, like how much this, this adapting is going to matter against a team that basically has an, like Phoenix has the better roster. Phoenix has the better coaches and I'm not sure it matters outside of that. Like I love Giannis I don't trust Bud in this. And I think Monty Williams gets a coronation for being the coach that he should have been. And basically, wipe again, if he hasn't already, he wipes the entire stench of his New Orleans career where he was underfunded. And clearly, most of that was on management. I think this is Phoenix in seven. I think it goes the distance. I think Milwaukee's talented enough to not allow Phoenix to win this in just six games. I think Giannis will come back by game two or game three if he doesn't play tonight. I think that'll be enough talent to make this go all the way. But in the end, if you're asking me, who do I trust in a one game take all, which is essentially what a game seven is, then give me the shot making of Chris Paul, Devin Booker, 
and the overall depth where you might have that surprise X factor show up. There are more X factor types on Phoenix than there are for Milwaukee. Chris Middleton been a little bit more up and down. Sometimes he'll give you the 38 point performance. Sometimes he'll go O of, um, of eight from three. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to go with Phoenix. I, I think they're the better team. I think they do win in seven, though. I think this one does go all the way. Can't wait to see this finals matchup. That will be uh, your Michelob Ultra coverage, the road to the finals. Let's take a couple of other uh, quick hits here on the rankings um, of, uh, of who we liked and then just maybe some surprises that took place overall. Yeah. Uh, number three, not a, my number three rated player was Moses Moody. You had him number five. I was actually surprised to see Moses Moody not be the number one overall prospect over Franz Wagner. You know, I think that's somebody that 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 did that did yeah. surprise me. Like that did surprise me as well. I, I'm honestly, when it comes to that one, I that like Moody fits everything. The only thing you worry about is his slight lack of athleticism, and I mean slight. But if that's going to be the case, man, like. I, I get, like, for me, he makes sense. The only reason I didn't pick him is because I think Book Knight fits better. But otherwise, he would have probably been my number one guy. Yeah, I think him right. and Wagner, I think they're both just kind of rock solid, right? I, I don't think that you're expecting yeah. stardom from either one of those players. But they're going to be kind of under that bill that uh, of a player that can kind of come in and, and do something right away high level defender for both of these players, you know, motor is certainly not an issue with either one of these players, you know, the overall, uh, the overall offensive versatility for Moses Moody is what kind of makes me not put him number one or number two, right? Like I, and I struggled with Keon or Moses number two and, and number three, but I just went with the high upside guy with Keon just because I, I wanted to swing for the fences there. But Moses Moody still coming in number three, four or five for a lot of different people that did this ranking. Um, one that I was surprised we didn't disagree on as much. I thought we would, but um, number four, my number four was Usman Garuba nada and yours was actually number six i know you were kind of turned off a little bit because he is undersized but eventually you put him still in the top half of your rankings why did garuba make your top half defense yeah like this team needs somebody that can provide resistance uh, and literally that was it like after kai after sangoon and kai my next quote-unquote big was garuba like i I and we'll talk about this later. I'm completely out on Isaiah Jackson. Yeah, like, most people I don't are. See, I don't. I don't yeah. see it. I, I I really don't see it. And someone would have to legitimately talk me into, like, uh, and uh, and by somebody I mean an actual NBA scout would have to show me what they see because I don't see it. So Garuba literally because the Hornets need a big that can provide resistance, and if it's going, if it's not going to be in trade or if Sangoon's not there and they happen to trade down Garuba's there at 16 again if they if the fictional trade of the Hornets trading down to for, to 16 and 18 for 11 and Garuba's there like I get it if he's Bismack Biombo with hands I think that's a really really good player for the for the Hornets yeah man I mean Garuba crazy high level defender you know I thought about putting him higher the, the, the a little bit of this was fit for me and I did the same thing with Jalen Johnson I like me some Jalen Johnson as an overall prospect who, by the way, is working out for the Hornets individually today. There's nobody else at this workout. It's just Jalen Johnson. So interesting there. You see that a decent amount from high level players that are going to be lottery bound. Um, but Jalen Johnson working out for the Hornets. He's another one that I might have rated a little higher 
had the fit been a little cleaner. Like it, it doesn't affect me a ton. I might knock you down like one or two spots than I originally would have. But Johnson, Miles Bridges, PJ, that can still be an effective lineup out there on an NBA court. It's just maybe a, another player is a cleaner fit with the Charlotte Hornets. And that's why Garuba, that's why Johnson might have slipped maybe one or two overall spots. But Garuba probably going to be the best defender in this class. Him and a Scotty Barnes. Those are the two players. I think most people are expecting that kind of production from on that end of the floor. He gets out of the floor fast enough to be a high level, small ball type of five. He's also a really good playmaker. Hey, you talk about yeah. uh, the passing ability from him is fantastic. I love his vision out there on the court. It's all about his uh, shooting. You know, his shooting isn't very good to be somebody undersized. I think he's pretty damn crafty down low and he's got the athleticism to match it. So that really helps. But uh, I, I like Garuba at number four, not looking at your number four prospect. You had Kai Jones, number four. You're starting to come around on his ceiling rather than um, just looking at the timeline, which you might uh, you might not think the timeline works for him, but you're you're you just yeah. like his ceiling more so enough to say, OK, number four, let's go with it. He's the, he's the Zaire Williams for me after I go straight fit. And he's the guy, if you're not expecting this guy to contribute this year, then you draft a guy like Kai Jones. You absolutely draft him because you need a bit. The idea is at this point with this, and Tom Ziller had a great article on this. You draft the unicorns and you make them work. And Kai Jones is a unicorn. You try to milk everything out of him. Maybe he's a star. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's Michael Porter Jr. Who knows? But the idea is you draft the guys that become game changers, and then you put them on the floor and f figure a way, find a way to figure it out. And I think a guy like Kai Jones is that guy for me, at least. All right. So the, so the guys that we're completely out on, basically our last three <laughs> players, um, as everybody else was, uh, we're out on Davion Mitchell. Nada. We're just, we're not here for it. You had him ranked 13th on your list. I wasn't far behind you. I had him ranked number 11 on my list. We're both out on him. Just the size doesn't help undersized defenders. Uh, no undersized defensively. I am not one that thinks that shooting is going to translate. If you have a one year outlier season after proving a few other years that you're just not that kind of shooter. Um, I, I, it's just not something I want to take my chance on at number 11. There's too many other players that I want to take the risk with and even team defense, you know, it, it it's not nearly as strong as his on ball defense. I'm just, yeah, we're, we're both out on Davion. Um, here's, here's the question I would have for anybody with, um, with Davion, like, why don't you love Davion? Tell me something Davion does outside of defense better than Grant Riller does. And Grant Riller, you already got on a two way. Like, that's the thing. I think Grant Riller coming out of college is a better player. I think Grant Riller is going to have a bigger impact. And I think they're the same age. So give me Riller over Davion. I'm sorry. There's nothing that there's nothing Davion does better to the point where I would rather see Grant, where I would rather see him on in a Charlotte Hornets uni uniform than Grant. Um, we also were extremely low on Isaiah Jackson. We just went through there. We had him ranked the exact same. We both had him at number 12. We just don't um, believe in the offensive game for Isaiah Jackson. Um, also, I think one guy that I'm completely out on that you're a little bit higher on than me. It's Josh Giddy. I had him as my dead last ranked prospect and you, really? and you had him. That's a fit thing though, right? Uh, number eight. Say it one more time. The fit thing. 
That's a fit thing. I, right? Look, he's right. got a good feel. He's got a good feel for the game. He's not good defensively. That shot seems pretty damn broken to me. It It's somebody that hasn't proven that he can hit shots from the outside. So if you can't hit shots from the outside, you're not good defensively. We've already got somebody that can create an extremely high level for LaMelo. Both of those players being on the court at the same time, even with his high passing ability, it's just not anybody that I want to be a part of. And so if you're going with the other low prospects on my list, like an Isaiah Jackson, at least he's an athletic big you can squeeze something out of. If you're going to go to a Davion Mitchell, at least he's somebody that can play defense at a high level in that regard. Um, I, I just, yeah, Josh Giddy just doesn't do it for me. I, I've got him ranked dead last. You have him ranked eight. I think he's an NBA player. I think the fit's bad. I think a lot of my lower rankings, quite honestly, are due to the fact that I'm not sure, one, they're great fits. Two, I'm not necessarily so sure that they're NBA players, and that includes J- Jalen Johnson, who I have 10th. So, yeah, you've got Jalen Johnson 10th. You're not as high on him as me. That's somebody that uh, you're just lower on as well. And so for me, the 10th guy, as I'm trying to pull this up, yeah, Corey Kispert, you've kind of talked yourself into him uh, to, to some degree. Not really. I mean, you've got him ranked ninth. You just, I, it seemed like you might have him 13th for a while. Um, but yeah, Kispert, right? Like he's, he can shoot, you know, so cool. His athletic testing was maybe better. Um, the, the vertical was certainly better than I think most people thought he's not just a, a shooter for the most part, but I mean, that's going to be his number one skill set. So anyways, that's where we have him ranked there and that'll basically do it. You know, so that that's uh, our thinking based on what we had one through 13th and the players allotted to us by James Plow, right? Who did a really cool thing by getting a lot of people that cover the Charlotte Hornets, getting all of their opinions one through 13 on the rankings of guys that are likely to be there. So thanks to him for getting us involved. Go follow him on Twitter at British underscore buzz. Go check out his work at the hive as well. Pretty cool project getting all of these minds together. That wraps up this edition of lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to built bar for supporting the show. And thanks again to you for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of lockdown NBA Hollinger and Duncan really any show on the lockdown podcast network. And we'll get back to player evaluations tomorrow. LaMelo ball. He will be up tomorrow. So we'll break down the rookie of the year. Have a great day. Can't wait to see you then.